to the new Audio Smut podcast. This is episode one of season one, The Sensorium. What does that mean, The Sensorium? The Sensorium is the classification of perception. So you know your five senses? Sight, smell, taste, sound, and touch? Yeah, so turns out not everybody believes in that. In Western society, it's pretty recent in history that this five-way sensecape is how we think about the world. And even now, our sensecape is changing. We're moving towards an age of visualism. I mean, we're already in it. You can think about the way that we talk and how we refer to our senses in our speech. I see what you mean versus I smell a rat. Things like that. Very small and subtle. Have you ever walked into a museum and really wanted to touch something? Yeah, well, that used to be part of the experience. Art is so much more than something to be seen. Doctors even used to smell and taste patients to help make their diagnoses. The fact of the matter is that in today's visual age, making radio is pretty revolutionary. So, Give your eyes a rest and listen to what we have in store for you today. Can you smell this bacon? Can you even taste it? When you're in a state of sexual ecstasy or even minor arousal, does the world around you become more vivid, more rich? What you're about to hear is not a story, it's a place. It's a memory of what the world felt like in the midst of a sexual encounter. This was recorded on a boat in Rockaway, New York. I was... There was... The floor was flower pots, wood, no walls, gray with diamond, a really intense smell and yellow shape of dust, cement, and Perfect Strangers was playing on the TV. I was backstage in eighth grade. I was a stagehand. It was really dark. There was kind of a red light coming in from the stage. It was during a show. And we were sitting on the couch. It was like this old Victorian sort of couch, probably dumpstered or something, um, waiting for our cue to bring the couch on the stage to be used in the play. And um, on the floor in front of me was the girl who became my girlfriend um, in high school, like years later. There was a really intense smell of dust and must. The floor was polyurethane wood. There was a door on the left that led 
further backstage, and there was a bright light coming from under the door. The couch was rough and small. This is the sensorium. Do you wear deodorant, perfume, Febreze your home, scented Yankee candles? I always gravitate towards my lover's pits. I judge my level of attraction by how much I like the way they smell. If I'm into someone, then I could be there, face first, in pit all day. When was the last time you smelled someone's armpit and liked it? Do you like how people smell? How they taste? The first time I tasted her was the first time I felt like I could know her. She is summer cherries, saltwater taffy, sweat, submission, and dove soap. When I'm down in between her thighs, ironclad, my face full of cunt, there's nothing else in this exquisite fucked up world. She's raw. I swallow her down in gulps of passion and she settles in my blood. Electrolytes. <laughs> Fuck. It's all I can think about. Stripping her down, strapping her to my bed, spreading her legs, and going to town on her delicious cunt. we fucked the first time I left her apartment with come on my lips a smile on my face and a job to get to I carried her with me all day at the office to the gym to dinner with my cousin to the grocery store. Well, by then she had worn off, but soon enough. her back on my face again. Ooh, 
I was. There was. Being in a cabin in the woods at a summer camp um, with no walls, just screens, so four screens, in total quiet and darkness. Um, a tin roof and cicadas around um, and like a sort of hushed quality. Um, so it was very quiet in the sense of no airplanes flying over you or um, sounds of people but lots of sounds of the woods of Maryland and um, just breath skin and a very acute awareness of sound. This is the sensorium. Oliver Sacks is a neurologist. He wrote an essay on how visually impaired people see. He asks, to what extent are our experiences shaped by our brains? And to what extent do we shape our own brains? Let that one sink in for a moment. There are infinite ways in which we can interact with the world. There are whole universes of sensory experience that we never even think to explore. Some people don't have a choice. Allow me to introduce Trish. A year ago, she started a business. A big influence on this decision was a man she met. We, he came up to me in a, in a department store. He was circling me, and I thought he actually might have been an employee because he kept circling, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Finally, he rolled up to me. Do I know you? I just started laughing. I said, oh my God, I said, I thought you worked here. And he goes, no, no. And we started chatting. Lots of teasing, lots of, lots of flirting. He was such an erotic man. Broad shoulders, just a fantastic looking guy. I was amazed by this man. I did not notice the chair at all. He didn't talk about it. I didn't need to talk about it. His injury was never mentioned. It was just him. His energy was amazing. Uh, he invited me over. some wine. This man oozed sensuality. I don't know what he was like before his injury. Maybe he was always like that. He's, he, we'd been together 
20 minutes or so, had a drink. He said, I'll be, I'll be right back. And he comes out with this jersey, um, the football jersey that has like holes in it, the netting, a netted kind of top. He comes out with that on. He's changed his top and he looked amazing. The, the, the pecs were all built up and the nipples were really hard. And he said, oh, I just wanted to know if you like me in this shirt. And he totally got me because he said, oh, and there's a hole over here. Do you think we should fix it? And that's how he got me to come closer to him. And he just started doing things like lightly blowing in my ear or, you know, just putting his hand down my hair. And oh, he totally seduced me, totally. And I laughed. I laughed so hard. I said, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. And I love it. I thought it was hilarious, but I thought it was so great. I was, I was game. Yeah. <laughs> It was so funny. And the next thing you know, I'm in seventh heaven. <laughs> this man could do things with his hands that I've never seen before. It's like, wow, this guy knows what he's doing. I don't know. And in total trust, too. And he was fantastic. His best mouth I've ever had. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm blushing. We didn't even talk about it. I just figured if it was if it was usable, he'd introduce it into the scenario. Otherwise, I'm just I'm fine with with any kind of sensory pleasure, and he had a broad range of pleasure. He he knew how to maximize everything from the waist up. He knew his body so well. He he really seemed to have what he called a body orgasm. His um, cheeks would flush. Um, you know, he'd he'd get his body would change. It'd get kind of rigid, and and the vocals and uh, the moaning. He opened himself up to anything and everything. He really learned how to rewire his erogenous zones, and I think that's how I've now. Um, integrated that into who I am. Nothing gets left out. <laughs> um, when I retired from banking after 22 years, I was basically semi-retired, but I wanted something fun. And I knew it had to have something to do with men and pleasure. It was a very small ad in the paper, and it was super small. I was just scanning, scanning, Tiny little ad, and it said, um, busy escort agency looking for booking agents. I went to the website, I applied, and got an interview, and started the next day. And usually, the clients will call up, and they'll ask, who is available? I'm looking for a blonde, brunette, you know. Some are single, some are married, some are old, some are young, uh, some are lonely. And so we try and help match them to the right girl. One of my first memories uh, of being there was uh, a gentleman who called up who has cerebral palsy. And he, he was planning, so he wanted to plan something very special for his birthday. Uh, and so I had a great time with him on the phone. He was lovely. He was funny. And he just said, you know, I have these challenges. Would there be someone who could work with me? 
Unfortunately, uh, we couldn't find anyone in our agency that would work f with him. Our girls really didn't want to do that kind of work. They felt bad. They just, they just didn't know what to do. They don't really know all the, um, all the barriers that a person with cerebral palsy might have or all of their um, symptoms or what have you. So they would back out. They just wouldn't accept the appointment. And I would have to phone him and tell him. And he understood, but he and several others that called down the road uh, would say the same thing, that they've tried to hire uh, independent ladies. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. What put the hammer on the nail was reading about a disabled couple who had been together and who wanted to be intimate together and their personal care aide or his personal care aide, he asked her to help them and she was very um, disgruntled. She did not want to have anything to do with this. So these two young people who were just mad for each other, very much in love and wanted to express it any way they could, but I believe they were both paraplegic, quadriplegic, and they couldn't get anyone to help them be together. So they ended up splitting up and the relationship ended and it broke my heart reading that. I just thought there's got to be people out there who have compassion, who will work with an individual or couples and help them. I really wanted to see something change. I left the agency and I thought, okay, let's give it a go and see if we can make a difference. It's, it's time. Boom, got my business up and running, boom. And I am the Director of Pleasure. It's a great title, I made it up myself. <laughs> for a company in Vancouver called Sensual Solutions, helping people access pleasure. And since I've started the business, it's been not quite a year, but lots of great feedback. One of our clients said he hadn't kissed anyone in 24 years until he used our service, and that just got me. We've also found that we've gotten interest right across the country. So I think it's really an idea whose time has come. Trisha's new business, Central Solutions, is an escort service dedicated to servicing people with disabilities. It's a mixture of sex work and sex therapy with an emphasis on helping people develop their sexual awareness so they can live totally healthy lives. For more information, visit their website, centralsolutions.ca. I was... There was... The ceilings were high, and the sounds echoed beautifully. The lights were all from other rooms other than the room that I was in. And there was light from a computer. Um, I think that a movie was playing. And the volume was just high enough that you could almost understand what people were saying, but you couldn't actually. It was a good chair. I still have it. It's green. And it always makes me feel like I'm bigger than I actually am as a body. And I think that 
a fair amount of the air smelled like whiskey. And a litter box that was just a little bit past when it needed to be changed. Thanks for listening to AudioSmut. We have a new website, audiosmut.ca. You can also listen to old episodes from our vault and find our other art projects. Again, that's audiosmut.ca. Also, we are finally in the iTunes store, so please subscribe, rate us, review us, and all of that awesome stuff. Like us on Facebook, and please follow us on Twitter. Today's episode of Audiosmut was produced by Ray Dooley, Candace Valentin, Caitlin Prest, and myself, Mitra Kaboli, with help from Sharona B., Jen Ng, and Julia Alsop. Thanks for listening.